Oh my god, what am I doing? But then I realized that I should actually address the things that they said and that was just the first of their list of demands. I'm going to read what they said, even though it's very long, so that I can really get into what they're saying. So they begin with a quote from Ezra Cornell, I would found an institution where any person can find instruction in any study. I don't want to analyze this too much, but I'm not sure that the things that they are talking about contradicts this statement that any person can find instruction in any study. So it says with this bold statement, Ezra Cornell declared an, an idea of a diverse and inclusive school far ahead of its time. However, 152 years later, that university struggles to uphold this ideal. While Cornell University takes pride in its academic and demographic diversity, the campus environment does not reflect these views. So they're focusing on this one student who apparently can serve as an example of the views of everybody else in either the fraternity or at Cornell. You know, this could possibly be true. You know, maybe that there's a larger number of people within, I guess, that fraternity that think in the way that this student did, which by the way, we don't actually know how this student thinks. We just saw the actions and we guess we can deduct from that, but we don't actually know. If they want to address the issue that happened, then they should probably focus on the actual incident and that student, but that's not what this is all about. We attend a university where our professors who are by all accounts scholars in their various fields undervalue our intellectual contributions to our coursework. I'm not sure what the proof is for this. Where they teach that communities of color have little or nothing to offer than a brief honorable mention on their syllabus. To be fair, they would have to I guess, honor every single community that there is, which as we can see, can be broken down pretty far. We attend a university where our peers believe we do not belong here. That's an assumption. Where they decry the usefulness and necessity of affirmative action. Where they claim we segregate ourselves because we lean on each other to survive. I already gave my comments on this. We attend a university that is obsessed with the optics of our black and brown faces, but is indifferent to the justice we seek. I think that you're kind of obsessed with it. And I think that there are lots of people who are, but I don't think that people are indifferent. I think they just disagree at, with the way in which you choose to resolve your issues. This is not an indictment of white people. This is an indictment of a system that perpetuates white supremacy and shelters or pairs under the warm blanket of white privilege. All the while, we are left to freeze in our frigid reality of racist epithets, essentialist curriculum, I don't know what that means, and apathetic governance, I also don't know what that means. You know, it's just seeing like all these adjectives, that doesn't mean anything. It's just gives him, giving me a feeling, but I don't know what you're actually talking about. In post-racial America, our classmates call us niggers, I don't like saying that word, from their pickup trucks in broad daylight. In post-racial America, we are berated by airborne bottles on our own campus. I want to pause here and say that we don't actually know what the motives were and what the actual interaction was between these two students. We don't know if they knew each other. We don't know what was said before. I mean, I don't really know what happened and there was no video there to say what was going on. We also don't know if there were other sort of insults or slurs being thrown around, maybe from the other students, we, we don't know. In post-racial America, we are told we have a chip on our shoulder. We are called everything but our name. I don't know what your name is. Above all else, in post-racial America, we are bombarded by the deafening silence that allows a centuries-old hum of white supremacy to grow louder. Silence is violence. 
silence is not violence, number one. Violence is violence. Number two, I don't think that people are being silent. I think that actually people are kind of talking about it everywhere and it's pretty ever-present and people make it impossible for others to exist without having this brought up in their face all the time. So I don't think that's true at all. I think that anywhere you go that is a public space, especially anywhere that is run by the government, has a lot of emphasis on trying to include. And not just that, in private companies too. I think a lot of people try to include. And you know what? I think that it started out kind of okay, but I think it's gone way too far now. And it's, it's to the point of being authoritarian because you're not getting the results you want. And the reason why you are not getting the results you want might be because your premise is wrong. That being that just because people are not having the same outcomes means that there is racism going on. The Interfraternity Council and Panhellenic Council both present a system that not only excludes people of color but exudes white supremacy. I don't know where the proof is for that. The verbal and physical assault of a young black student committed by members of the Kai chapter of Psi Upsilon cannot go unpunished and the Cornell administration can no longer stand silent while we are under attack. I think that specific incident should be focused on. I don't think that they can then extrapolate that to say that the system only excludes people of color and exudes white supremacy. In order to make that statement, you have to actually provide the proof for that. And one specific incident does not mean that something systematic is going on. And focusing on multiple specific incidents does not mean that something systematic is going on. And if you really want to know if something systematic is going on, then you need to be able to look from a wider and broader angle. And then again, the whole issue of the premise. Like just because you have a premise does not mean that you can have that conclusion of because there are unequal outcomes means that not that it shouldn't be fixed. I think that it's fine that people try and fix these things, but that the way that people are going about it is right because they're trying to fix something that may not actually be what is influencing the outcome. The fact that it has taken the administration far too long to realize the extent of the systemic issues that exist at our school is unacceptable. If this institution truly expects to uphold the values of Ezra Cornell's utopian institution on a hill, it will realize that any student, any study should not be an empty quip but a promise of a full wholehearted and steadfast commitment to ensure that every student in every school and college has the resources, the love, and the support to survive and thrive the rigors of our institution and the trials and triumphs of life. See, this again sounds to me like those flowery words and adjectives again just producing a feeling inside of you. In light of the recent events and past events that have occurred on Cornell University's campus, we make the following demands. Our voices will no longer be silenced. I don't know who is silencing you. Every time you people or people like you speak, it gets published and people talk about it. We will not stand by while our rights and personal safety are being infringed. That's something that applies to every single individual in society, not just one group in society. And those things should be covered by the basic laws of not infringing on personal space and property. We are here and we will be heard. Our demands are outlined as the following. So I already told you that first one that I said I thought was garbage because the school is not a place to indoctrinate others. So you can't just decide what's mandatory coursework and how people should view the world. We believe that our community has a responsibility to learn about the ways in which systems of power and privilege continue to inform the experiences of people of color both on campus and out in the world. We believe mandatory coursework will provide an initial means of challenging and dismantling the white hegemony that pervades the university's present curriculum. 
the problem I have with this, you know what? I can speak about intelligence specifically. I remember when I had the, the course curriculum in a lot of the classes I went to, I did notice that it was all, I guess, European background. And I remember even I took this art history course and it was supposed to be world art history, but it was very focused on European art. And I thought about this really hard not because I was coming from any sort of social justice mindset, but because I just I just noticed it and I like to think about things. And I realized that if I compare this to my university, like if I went to a university in Jamaica and what they focus on, I don't think it's any dissimilar. And I'm not saying that there aren't there isn't an actual black experience in America. I mean, black people were here pretty much the entire time. So their experience is also important and should be included. However, I think that people do that. I can't really speak for, I guess, if you're in first to sixth grade or in high school because I didn't go to high school here, so I can't really talk about that. But I do think that people talk about these things and that it's not the way they say it, is that people do sort of push it in your face a little bit and it gets a little annoying. But that those options are there for you to learn and I do think that everybody talks about history of the US. I can't really talk about it properly because I wasn't here the entire time. But I think that many universities and colleges were founded by people who have a specific culture and that just happens to be, I guess, European. I don't really want to say white, but um, it's European. For example, the high school that I went to in Jamaica, it's actually a Jesuit co-educational institution. So it was founded by a Jesuit priest. And I think a lot of those people were, were Europeans. And that's not really something we thought about, but like that's where that tradition and that value for learning comes from. And you can't just erase that and like strike it out of the books because you don't think that it has enough people of color history in there because that's not how it came to be. It's just, it's just not. And it's still definitely a case of people attaching their ego to something that they as individuals didn't actually do. We believe that if the university truly wants to foster an environment of inclusion for all students, we should see this support in the university's commitment, ensuring that those interested to guide or academic pursuits possess a meaningful understanding. That means things how they want you to think and sincere respect for the cultures, heritages, and backgrounds of their students. How do you know that the professors don't already do that? Where, how do you have all of this insight into what people are thinking inside their brains? Where do you get that from? We believe this principle holds true across all areas of study. You know what, this shouldn't matter. What should matter is that the professor can teach you the subject well. That's what you should be thinking about. Not all of this like kind of floaty stuff that you can't really quantify and assess about another person. We believe this principle holds true across all areas of study and that this objective is best achieved when educators are in themselves reflections of the students they serve. So this reflection is purely superficial and it means that people can't actually understand each other and be people who empathize for each other and relate to each other if they don't have this shared superficial characteristic. And I'm not trying to say that there isn't some kind of tie between race and culture. I think there is, though not as much as people like to think, but I do come from the outside, so I have a different experience. But let's focus so intently on these particular traits and stir up those divisions between us. We demand that the Chi chapter of Psi Upsilon Fraternity Inc. at Cornell University is permanently banned from campus, in addition to their letters being taken off of the fraternity house. We also demand that all students involved in this heinous hate crime be expelled from this university immediately. I don't know if I'm the only person that thinks this way, but I think that crimes should be looked at the same. 
So if somebody threw a bottle at somebody and physically assaulted them, then that should just be treated as physical assault. I don't think you need to have these special rules when it comes to these groups because you're just doing something to someone that is bad to do to any individual so it should just be treated as such i don't know enough about the situation to say whether or not i think that this person should be expelled so i think that would really be dependent on the context the fraternity has a legacy of racism discrimination and disrespect on cornell's campus dating back almost 50 years that might be true at the Willard Strait Hall takeover in 1969, members of the Kai chapter of Psi Upsilon Fraternity. Okay, I'm not going to read this because we don't live in 1969, we live in 2017. So I'm ignoring all of that. And lastly, their members participated in a racial, physical, and verbal assault on campus. It was simply despicable. All that happens to me when I read this stuff is I hear lots of words that evoke a bunch of emotion in me and I don't actually know what happened. Their racist legacy does not deserve a space on this campus. The problem with this is it's a part of history and you would pretty much have to like erase everybody's history if you're trying to think like this and not focusing on actual actions committed by individuals in the present. Pretty much every single group has been involved in hate against other groups and it's really just hate. And there are different forms of hate, I guess, but it's all the same thing. We demand that the university to provide, spelling mistake, an adequate and appropriate space for the people of the African diaspora to utilize for programs of any kind in perpetuity. We propose that this space be the Psi Upsilon House after they expel from campus. Well, I'm not really sure I agree with these, the whole house being expelled. I think they should just focus on that one incident and any other incidents like that and not just ones against black people but of to anybody of any group or race or whatever i also don't think that these people should have their own special space especially if other people i'm not going to name which group can't do the same thing and organize for their own identity politics without people yelling at them and calling them names we believe that almost 110 years after the founding of alpha phi alpha fraternity inc on cornell's campus it is preposterous that multicultural greek organizations have to scramble for space and money while majority white organizations have comparatively unbounded resources and access to space. Often, black organizations have to rent space, which causes them to have to hire police security. This is expensive and unfair, as students of color should not find themselves policed when they gather to celebrate. No, nobody should find themselves policed when they gather to celebrate. Stop making it all about you. We believe these organizations play a large role in our communities and with more direct support from the university, they will be able to better achieve their primary functions of sister, brotherhood, service, and scholarship. The only way I would agree with this is if those other established fraternities actually are getting some kind of subsidy from the school already. I would only say that they deserve to have something equal, but if the other place isn't getting that for whatever reason, maybe their members just have more money, then I think that no they shouldn't have this it should just be the same like it should just be the same i don't understand why so hard for people to understand this they shouldn't be trying to like make up for something we demand that the ifc panhellenic and mglc organizations have required and sustained diversity and inclusion race-based training prior to entering the fraternity or sorority and every year they are in that fraternity or sorority so let's just train people's minds to see people's color in efforts to stop treating people differently based on color. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. 
Time and time again, minority students are subject to racist treatment by members of IFC or Pan-Hellenic organizations. So I'm going to sit here and really believe, especially based on my own experience in this country, that it never goes the other way. A few years ago, members of Sigma Pi fraternity threw bottles of Barry Wildey Trayvon as black students walked up Leib Slope, Leib Slope. Last week, members of Zeta Cyp fraternity shouted in front of the Latino Living Center, let's build a wall around LLC. And a little over a week later, members of Psy Upsilon beat up a black man and called him the N-word. Clearly, there is a lack of education when it comes to the respect of minorities on Cornell's campus. By having a diversity and inclusion race training prior to entering IFC or Pan-Hellenic organizations, members will be educated about the complexities of race, I really think this is a bad idea, and the importance of positive race relations not only on campus, but also throughout their lives as they enter the graduate school, the workforce, etc. No, I really think you should just say, treat people as people. Don't try to like brainwash them into seeing things a certain way. Just let them interact with the world normally and stop like having people tell them what to think or how to behave, like just stop doing that. And then about these incidents, I don't know what this means because I don't have any comparison for other kinds of incidents. Like I don't know what's happening on the other side. I'm just hearing one side of the story. We demand that a minority liaison at large position is created for the university assembly so that the assembly reflects our marginalized perspectives. The problem with this is that you're assuming that everybody who identifies with you or is like you based on your criteria thinks like you, which they don't because people are individuals, not groups. Whereas the student assembly has two appointed minority liaison at large positions to emulate the diverse views of Cornell's marginalized community. We want the university assembly to add a minority liaison at large position to make sure that we have more representation in decisions that affect our safety and ability to thrive as Cornell. This should go into effect immediately as part of the upcoming election cycle. A minority liaison has proven to be effective on the student assembly and we would like the university assembly to follow in this precedent. So this is the same thing that happens like in the wider society, not just in the US by the way, but a lot of countries where there are different ethnic groups and they have inter-ethnic conflict. They're basically competing as these groups and that's what happens when you tie politics to these groups. It's just going to lead to more tribal warfare. That's basically what it is. And these tribes can be not just based on race as it is in the US, but a lot of different things. And it's just the same thing that happens over and over again. They just need to separate, I guess, the state. And this is like a minor version of the state and the people from these different identities and who gets to take control over it and impose their will and worldview on other people. What is with the grammar in this stuff? We demand that Cornell Health to hire at least two more psychologists and psychiatrists of color in the next two years. We also want Cornell Health to hire at least one more physician of color in the next four years. This is actually kind of interesting. I think that, you know, I guess if there's a specific kind of issue that people struggle with, then they should be able to have someone who can deal with it particularly. The problem is that it's not just black people. There's every other race of people as well on campus. So they should they also have their own kind of representation? But that's an interesting thought, but I think that really they should just focus on hiring people who apply and who is best from the applicants. We believe and research shows that people of color historically, there's that word historically, even though we're in the present, have reason to mistrust medical professionals. I can see that, but we're not in the past. 
We believe that there should be qualified psychologists and psychiatrists of color that can sufficiently address the way that racism affects the mental and emotional health and well-being of black students at a predominantly white institution. <laughs> wow. You know, like, I was a black student at a predominantly white institution and I never had any mental and emotional health issues. I think that... Now that I'm kind of outside of it and encountering people like this, I have more mental, not issues, but just thoughts in my head about it. We also believe that hiring more physicians of color could make students of color more comfortable addressing their physical health while at the university. Yeah, so, you know, they just want special treatment. That's it. And it only applies to them because they're the only persons who suffer. We demand that there be a creation of a student honor board or alternative justice board as an alternate method for Cornell's dispute resolution process. So basically, they want to live in a different world from everybody else where they can set different rules and have their own little jungle justice culture that's outside of the regular law based on what they feel is right. Currently, only faculty have the power to discipline students at Cornell. Right. I'm not really sure who else should have that power. People you think would do the job better because they think like you. In order to increase student power, <laughs> We are demanding the creation of a student honor board who will oversee various judicial cases. This sounds like such a bad idea. <laughs> Students should be able to have a direct say in the punishment of their peers. Student honor boards allow for the resolutions. Wait, what? <laughs> I just realized that they're ready. <laughs> Students should be able to have a direct say in the punishment of their peers. Have you ever seen two people have an argument, myself included? One person thinks they're super duper right and the other person thinks they're super duper right. You can't just, you need somebody who's objective. You don't want students to have a direct say in the punishment of their peers. That's such a terrible idea. It's like this, um, where is it? I think it's North Korea. They have, there are people who they can tell another person if they're doing something bad. So they basically are slaves to each other and enforce the power of the state through them being, oh my God, I sound like such an anti-statist. Um, I'm not doing that on purpose because I keep thinking about that. Student honor boards allow for the resolutions of student situations on a case-by-case -case basis that the university either does not have a mechanism to resolve or is too busy to resolve. No. Additionally, most honor boards use suspension, academic sanctions, and or community service hours as a punishment, which allows individual or party being punished to resolve their issue without leaving the school and more importantly force them to contribute back to their community well i think that they could have just made a suggestion that the people who do the punishments which shouldn't be your own pairs that's a terrible idea that they force them to contribute back to their community and resolve their issue without leaving the school i don't think it really worked though because people can also leave the school voluntarily if they're you know like being super shamed by people around them the creation of the honor board will work to restore student trust in Cornell's judicial system and ensure justice in these cases. I really think this is a bad idea and they should just treat it as an individual violating the rights of another individual and not an individual of this group violating the rights of an individual of this group. They should just focus on, you know, like the assault, whether it be verbal or physical i think verbal is kind of hard to claim because you know in that fight that they're talking about who knows what insults were thrown by the other person like we don't know we just know that this particular insult gets special status which makes it more powerful we demand that cornell admissions 
to come up with a plan. Why are they saying this? I don't get this. Is this, is this a style of speaking? We demand that to do. We demand that Cornell admissions to come up with a plan to actively increase the presence of underrepresented black students on this campus. We define underrepresented black students as black Americans who have several generations, more than two in this country. The black student population at Cornell disproportionately represents international or first generation African or Caribbean students. While these students have a right to flourish at Cornell, there is a lack of investment in black students whose families were directly affected by the African Holocaust. No such thing in America. I actually think the black population grew since they came to the U.S. Cornell must work to actively support students whose families have been impacted for generations by white supremacy and American fascism. Yeah, because there wasn't slavery and prejudice in many social systems around the world. And they are the only people who have experienced this. We want the creation of a permanent presidential task force for student community leaders to have biannual meetings with the current president of the university. Yeah, so they just want to run the whole show. I want to take it seriously, but I really can't. I can't. In 2014, the Cornell administration released the Hurtado Report, an in-depth study of Cornell's campus climate. This report concluded with several requests of the administration based on the results of the study to improve campus climate. Cornell has not acknowledged these requests and the report was forgotten as the students involved in the report graduated. There is a loss of institutional memory as students become leaders in the community, identify issues, and come up with appropriate solutions. Were they appropriate solutions? That's probably why they weren't put in place. And then graduate. The permanent creation of this task force will allow for Cornell to stop taking one step forward, two steps back, when it comes to ending white supremacy on campus. <laughs> I don't know if they think they'd be able to make these lists of demands and have them published everywhere if they really if there really were white supremacy on campus. We demand the creation of an anti-racism institute. Anything that says anti-whatever is probably going to make the problem worse. Where Cornell can centralize its efforts to educate the campus and community about the horrors of white supremacy and political education. You know what? I think they actually already know this. It's in history and it's talked about all the time. I think, I think they already know. Cornell has a variety of decentralized efforts to address racial bias on campus. Programs such as the Intergroup Dialogue Program, Engaged Cornell, the Skills for Success Program, and other are important. But if Cornell is going to commit to changing campus climate, they must create a centralized centralized meaning concentrated power so whoever thinks a certain way they get to be dogmatic about it or program that has explicit purpose of fighting racism you know i think that's a great idea but i think they should come up with their own institution they can't just like force it down everybody else's throat if they want to see things change then they can come up with it and that means they're going to actually have to negotiate with people instead of just making demands and telling everybody else what to do we demand that the university hires a position in engaged cornell to ensure cornell is supporting the local black community in ithaca so special treatment cornell has a history of not giving enough back to ithaca community ithaca is a segregated city i wonder why i recall you guys trying to defend your self-segregation earlier and it is imperative that Cornell puts as much effort and resources into supporting the African-American population in Ithaca that began with the Underground Railroad, which is in the past, as it puts into the white community just below our hill. Is that community just white? And is that just a consequence of history? We appreciate what has been done already, but continue to fight for the betterment of this institution. We implore the administration to act swiftly and stand on the right side of history. Black students united. No, you're just speaking for a lot of people when you say that. Black students united. 
I don't feel like reading stuff like this anymore, but I hope that you guys found that useful. Thank you for watching.